0: So last week we learned that the main theme of Jude is dealing with false teachers. This is a common theme throughout the New Testament. As you'll see, the writer's emphasizing the importance of teaching sound doctrine and rejecting false teachers. In Jude 5, the author starts using examples of past events that are detailed in God's Word Uh, false teachers who rejected and the consequences that followed. And the first event that Jude notes was when Moses and the Israelites were wandering through the desert, Moses had come across some people that were very indignant toward him, that were jealous of his position among the Israelites as the judge and Aaron as well, And ultimately, God had to exercise judgment against these people. In number 16, there is a remarkable account of this encounter. The leader's name inside of this rebellion was Korah. Korah was jealous of Moses and shares many of the same sentiments that The people in our day do oftentimes toward those who are in leadership. For our purposes, we need to remember that Moses was the author of the first five books of the Bible, also known as the Pentateuch. So this is how Korah started his complaint. He told Moses, You have gone far enough, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Korah's followers later joined in with the complaint by bringing their own accusations in Numbers 16.13. This is what they said to Moses. Is it not enough that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to have us die in the wilderness, but you would also appoint yourself as master over us? Some pretty wild accusations going on right here. They said that Moses led them out of a land flowing with milk and honey and into the desert just to die. Not only that, they also accused him of appointing himself as the master over them. Now, I don't know how many times I've read over this, but I always find it surprising and remarkable Each and every time I come across these verses, they actually told Moses that you let us out of the land of milk and honey. Can you believe that? They are talking about Egypt. Egypt was the land where the Israelites lived as slaves. So what about slavery was appealing to these people? Well, when we think of slavery... We think of toil, we think of torture, we think of oppression, and cruel, heartless slave masters. And indeed, you had that back then, as well as uh, in other countries today, and in the times in between. But dare I say that there are perks to being a slave. Namely, free food and free lodging. And you have to face it if you were a slave master, and your slaves were performing physical labor, you'd want them to be healthy and strong so they could work hard, right? Well, when I was in high school, I had a teacher that gave our class a hypothetical scenario, sort of a survey that he took among us, and the options were you could either choose to lose one of your hands and be guaranteed guaranteed a decent, middle-class job for the rest of your life or keep your hand and have no guarantees. So in this scenario where you keep your hand, you might become wealthy, you might become broke. What do you think we all chose? I was very surprised myself to see there was a very even split inside of our classroom that a lot of people actually said that they would choose to lose one of their hands so they might be able to have an okay job for the rest of their lives. And I thought to myself, how can anybody be willing to maim themselves for the sake of having such a so-so guarantee, such a not inconsequential guarantee as that you would have an okay job for the rest of your life. It's an incredible poison that has found its way into politics and is dominating the minds of way too many young people. Freedom requires faith. You don't know what it is that you'll have day to day when you are free. You might be wealthy, you might be broke. As it was for the Israelites, they left the land of slavery in Egypt to be in a circumstance where they had to rely on God each and every day. And they couldn't see God. And so, it then became a reality in their minds that maybe God would not feed them today. Maybe God would not feed them tomorrow. And yet, they got to see wonders that their ancestors could only dream about. God gave these promises to their ancestors and these Israelites in the desert were living them out. God was leading them to the promised land that he told their ancestors that they would one day occupy. And so the Israelites that Moses was leading, they got to see the Red Sea split. They got to see the plagues exercise against Egypt. They got to see the lightning and the fire of Mount Sinai as God's thunderous voice boomed through the heavens and it terrified them. You would think that this would inspire faith throughout their camp and yet fear endured inside of so many of their hearts. So many of them lacked faith in their God. So to Moses they said, who are you, Moses, to think that you are any more holy than any one of us? We are far too sympathetic to this statement. In fact, a pastor friend of mine in a private setting once asked this question. He said, why is it that people will consult experts in every other field and take their advice they consult doctors, lawyers, teachers, psychologists. But when it comes to spiritual things, they believe that their opinions are as good as anyone else's. That everyone is an ex- is an expert when it comes to spirituality. But where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. And yet there's a problem with freedom. Not the freedom that God gives, but the popular understanding of freedom. Now I have to tread somewhat lightly here because it'd be all too easy for me to say something that I'm not intending to mean. It could sound like I'm saying something that I'm not, so listen carefully. The popular understanding of freedom is that I can do... Whatever I want. But the one who honors Jesus says, I can do whatever pleases God. Popular understanding of freedom is I can do whatever I want. And the one who honors Jesus says, I can do whatever pleases God. Oftentimes what pleases God is setting aside what we call our freedoms for the sake of making his name known. The Declaration of Independence says that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration of Independence says that these are given to us by our Creator. The Bill of Rights goes on to list many other rights that are protected by the law and guaranteed by God. Having said that, governments and other totalitarian organizations and regimes might try to take away these rights. They might try to harm and kill those who attempt to exercise the rights that they have been given by God himself. Even though they punish those who aspire to live freely, they can never truly take away freedom of someone who has been liberated by the blood of Jesus. Freedom is perhaps the most valuable thing outside of salvation that one can attain. Again, again, there is a serious problem, a serious danger that accompanies freedom. The temptation of self-worship a form of idolatry that is only comparable to the sin of Satan himself. And if someone resides in that sort of spiritual condition, he or she is not really experiencing freedom. Such a person has committed the sin of Korah. Such a person longs for the land of slavery, and has become a slave in his or her own heart. The land of slavery is sin. Korah and his friends understood that they were Levites. Moses and Aaron were Levites as well. So as they saw Moses and Aaron, they said, essentially said to themselves, well, you're no better than us even, let alone all the people. So you might be better than them, but you're absolutely in no ways better than us because we are Levites. We're priests by inheritance. So who are you to say that you are better than us? Well, this serves as a warning to anyone who serves in ministry today, specifically to those who serve in ministry. Again, the Levites were the priestly class Of the nation of Israel. Moses, Aaron, Korah, and the others that came along with Korah were Levites. And basically, Korah and his minions were saying that, well, we're all Levites. Why is it that you're better than us? Well, there is a significant difference between Moses and the rest of the nation of Israel, including the Levites. Anyone who is a priest, pastor, bishop, reverend, or elder needs to hear this. God's word is what is final. And we might have our thoughts and feelings. God's word is all that matters. And Moses, in this instance, the difference between him and everybody else, he was a chosen prophet of God. He was chosen to record God's word for the nation of Israel. So for Korah and his people to question Moses wasn't just questioning another priest. It was questioning the messenger of God, the one who is actually speaking God's word and creating scripture in their day. We must not make the same mistake. We must revere scripture, revere the Holy Bible, and understand that that is what guides us, not our emotions, not our feelings, not our opinions about things, but what God's word says on any given topic. The word of God gives us direction, and it gives us freedom. It's up to us to embrace it and obey it i like thank you for joining me for today's sermon. Again, my name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 in the morning if you'd like to be a part of our worship service. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to this channel.